Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle, Sunday night, April 28th, 2019, which means Game of Thrones, final season, that's season eight. Episode three is coming our way on HBO at 9 Eastern, so about 45 minutes from right now as I talk to you during this intro. Now, tonight's episode is rumored to be incredibly long, 82 minutes, I believe the longest episode in the history of the Game of Thrones franchise. Number two, it is rumored to have the longest battle scene. They're calling it the Battle, battle of Winterfell, but anyway, the longest battle scene, not only in the history of the show Game of Thrones, not only in the history of HBO, but the history of television and or cinema, aka movies, longest battle scene ever filmed. So there's a very good chance that the action that some of the folks on the internet, some of the fans of the show, and other shows have been asking about, clamoring for, the action they all want. Very good chance we're going to get a ton of action tonight. If they do an 82-minute episode and at the end we're talking about how there wasn't enough action, well, then finally it might be time to say what the heck's going on. But anyway, I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think is going to happen, two big developments tonight. Number one, uh, the show's going to start at 9, but it's going to go until about like 10.20, 10.25, which means Dan O'Brien and myself will be like an extra 20 minutes punchy on a Sunday night trying to immediately recap what we saw on Game of Thrones. But to make matters even more interesting, Dan Ruddle, who everybody knows, he's been a pundit of this show, he also frequently likes to text Dan O'Brien and I during our Wine, Wall, and Dragons podcast of Game of Thrones. His hot takes, even though he knows we're literally recording right then. Dan is also in the camp at the first two episodes of season eight have been snoozers, boring, not enough action for him. So anyway, Dan Ruddle and Dan O'Brien are going to be watching the show together tonight. So we're going to have a three-man booth for episode three of season eight, Wine Wall and Dragons, Game of Thrones, coming your way. few things very quickly. Uh, number one city listening in the places listening category this week. Number one city, not outside of America, in the world. America did not win this week. Helsinki, Finland, number one. Other cities abroad include London and Sheffield, both in the UK, obviously. Uh, Makassar, Makassar, Indonesia. Valencia, Spain. Casablanca, Morocco. Ipojuca, Brazil. And uh, Quetta, or Quetta, I believe it's Quetta, Pakistan. So I want to thank everybody who's been listening uh, around the world. Also want to shout out whoever listened in Key West as well last week. Love Key West. We got to get back there. Drilling Threes, actually. Drilling Threes. That's my band that I used to be in. Andy Maslin, who used to be one of the managers for Drilling Threes, and I did a recap of our road trip to Key West on a very, very old uh, archive edition of the Filibuster Freestyle. You can definitely find that in our SoundCloud archive or our, our, Apple, Podcast, our Apple Podcasts archive. Easy for me to say. Okay. A couple other things about Dan and Dan. They have said that they are not going to take any notes tonight, which means this thing is definitely going to get off the rails. I'm going to try to, for the sake of myself and everybody listening, I'm going to try to take notes. And maybe I'm just going to keep track of maybe some of our favorite characters dying or weird things happening to them or major plot twists and see where that conversation then leads us based on those notes. But this one could be a little bit off the rails. I'm predicting it early before I even hit the theme music. And before I do hit the theme music, again, filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find us and you can find our website. 
Uh, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Do both. Leave a review. Leave comments. You can leave comments on the SoundCloud stuff, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, unofficial sponsor of the week, Topo Chico Mineral Water, which is Hecho in Monterrey, Mexico, which means made in Monterrey, Mexico. Really good stuff. And that's all we got. Here comes the theme song. Episode 3, Wine, Wall, and Dragons, Season 8. This should be a doozy. Filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster, freestyle. Filibuster, freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, freestyle. All right, ladies and gents, it is an hour and 25 minutes later from once I last spoke to you. And as promised, I've got Dan and Dan in Philadelphia on the line. Hey, guys, what's up? Well, well, well. I don't yeah. know what to say. So much action tonight. Um, speechlessness from the 215, my friend. What was that? I said some speechlessness coming from the 215. Well, this was the episode that, that the, the only prediction that, that I, I care to say we got right tonight was Dan O'Brien did say there's going to be an episode where we're just talking to each other by not talking at all for long pauses of silence. That's why we had to bring in a third guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And between the three of us, we should be able to piece together some type of an homage to what I think um, made up for it. Let me ask you this, because we've chronicled Dan Ruddle's non, non-enthusiasm in the first two weeks. Did tonight make it up for you, Dan? I mean, you can look at my Facebook feed and, and tell that tonight more than made up for the, the first two lackluster weeks. It was what? come on, I, I you know. Let him have his moment. Up. We know, you know. Some some tactical errors aside, which we'll delve into. I, I mean, it, it it does not get better than that. Yeah, totally worth the wait. So I think what we did was we had the setting everything up episode, the one more laugh down memory lane episode, and then we dropped the friggin' hammer tonight and. I just want to go right to the very end. And I'm going to tell you guys what I wrote, and you can tell me if I'm that far off. So, Theon charges the Night's King and gets smoked. Long pause. And then I wrote, Arya times a million for the win. Peter Baelish's dagger wins the war. (laughs) What? It was so great. It was so great. I'm not speaking clearly right now, and I'm not sure... If it's the 82 minutes of battle scenes and the deaths of mostly unnamed people. Yes. Um, or maybe it's the vodka. I don't know. It's one of the two. But I'm, I'm really out of sorts right now. My notes are all over the place. There's just random words here and there, and I'm still trying to make sense of them. The Aria moment, though, really, I think, brought us all back and and it was we all like jumped out of our chairs it was amazing i mean in the way they did it i want to get dan's take in a second but you know she came so close and he plucks her out of thin air and i'm like now what and then like that's the thing if he had killed her or like gotten the best of her at the end of that that would have been absolutely heartbreaking yeah because she faceless manned her way from like certain death to like okay I get it Red Woman I get it Melisandre hold my beer and then all of a sudden he plucks her out of thin air and I'm like oh crap and then actually a little bit of <laughs> foreshadowing from when Lyanna Stark kind of killed Wu Moon's twin cousin the giant she had the, da- the she had the yeah. dagger in the other hand and kind of ambidextrous it right in the gut right in the gut Night King woo unbelievable yeah. <laughs> right as John's about to get roasted by ice fire that was you know 
Timing is everything in this world, my friend. Uh, I do like how John was like, "All right, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna burn me, burn me to my face." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I did I did appreciate that at minute seventy two he started actually getting involved in the battle. Uh, that pleased me. A oh. Bit. oh, all I know is I thought that the the way in which uh, a lot of people's journeys, even though they're still alive, a lot of or some of them are dead. A lot of people's journeys had had. Everything that they put us through uh, was worth it, including Theon, who, by the way, if the new bumper sticker or meme isn't you're a good man, Theo, thank, Theon, thank you, then I don't know what's going on in merchandising world. Because that's, I'm getting a T-shirt that says that. Because basically every time I give somebody a crappy assignment at work from now on, I'm going to say you're a good man, Theon. <laughs> no, and I, I think that's what they really did well tonight is that for the, the main characters that died, Yep. Um, and we're talking about the uh, and it wasn't you know what it wasn't as many main characters as no, we thought it was it, wasn't. it was going to be uh, but we're talking about Theon we're talking about Lady Mormont uh, Jorah Dwarves uh, and Dundarian. Barak, Barak Dundarian all of them had really sa- like I was sad to see him go but had really satisfying endings yeah. outside of Lady Mormont coming back as a, a, a as a white walker yeah. as a white walker but all of them had like really like heroes endings and it was really like gosh darn that, that good for you guys and let me let me say this before I forget it because I did not write this down but the hound getting out alive sets us up for Clegane Bowl Clegane Bowl yeah Clegane v Clegane Clegane Bowl is gonna happen we now have essentially 99% positive ID on whatever the mountain has become and the hound are going to do it up in King's Landing one more time, Daft Punk style. And I'm excited about it. Um, I think it goes that goes hand in hand. It's going to be Clegane Bowl and Lannister Bowl. you got Jamie versus Cersei, the, yeah. the four of a tete-a-tete. Actually, my, my cousin Stephanie Viano, who you guys know, I know Dan, Dan O'Brien knows, she has right. a theory that when Jamie kills Cersei, it's actually going to be Arya in his face. Woo! Deep cut. Your, your cousin Stephanie's a dope. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, that maybe. Sure. The fan theories are everywhere. Um, anyway, I don't know. All right, guys, what do we mean? Like, Dan, you said some tactical errors. What do you got for tactical errors? Let's, let's start with, let's dig that moat a few hundred yards further towards the wood line. Duly noted. I mean, for God's sake, they... It's it's fifty feet from the from the, the gates of Winterfell. Like they could have, I, I don't know. That, that's one thing. And it seemed like they, as soon as they lit the moat on fire, a bunch of the army of the dead started just kind of diving in like a bunch of lemmings. Like not with the at the fever pitch with which they were able to swarm it and, and overtake the fire. But you know they it, it pretty much stopped them dead in their tracks. And then on top of that. Okay, they're stopped at the at the moat. Where the hell are the effing dragons to come roast them while they stand there like a bunch of yeah? Dopes? Well, the snowstorm really threw a wrench in there. You know, meteoro- meteorologist yeah. uh, Lord Varys okay. did not get the uh, the whispering right on that. Yeah, but John's standing on the John's dragon is standing on the walls of Winterfell at, at well, the, yeah, yeah, right by the Weirwood trees. Yeah, the, the Godswood, the Godswood. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no question. I staring mean, longingly at Bran. While they're trying to desperately get that moat lit on fire, I mean, they they could have very easily made that surge a little bit less. Yeah, they they could have they could have put it further out, and they could have maybe had two moats or like three, maybe seven. You know, like they could have. Am I wrong here, Dan? No, you're you're completely on on point because while they were all standing there, 
paralyzed by the fire in front of them, all the bad guys, for however many minutes it was. You had two dragons who were not not in the game. Yep. You had the all-powerful Bran warging into crows to fly around, and God knows what. I still don't know what his power is, Gavin. It's we are eight madness. Well, I don't know. I will say this though: two two things that hopefully I can remember both points. One's about Bran. One's about the Night King. I think Bran's power is like timing because is what it is. Because, you know, he just kept a real cool poker face all the way until Arya got about four inches from Night King's head. So, but that's not really a power. But let me ask you guys this about the Night King and his powers, okay? Yeah, yeah, Kev, I'm really cool too, but I don't, that's, I don't consider that a power. Actually, it's more of a segue because I want to talk about the Night King's weird powers. So the Night King, world-class javelin thrower in terms of distance. Yeah. Not so much aim, but distance because he's one for three in trying to hit dragons. Okay. Yeah, he was zero for one tonight. But, you know, in Cooperstown, if you're hitting one for, you know, three out of, you know, one out of three. Anyway, um, so great javelin thrower, great arm. Um, can turn babies into, into goblins with his fingernails, pretty good superpower. Okay. Can yeah. withstand a direct point blank, point blank hit from Drogon like it's nothing. A sustained one at that. A sustained peppering of Drogon juice to the face. We all saw that coming, yeah. And we all saw it coming. But wouldn't you be a little less cavalier with how slowly you walk up to Bran if Theon almost took you out with some dragon glass? I'm just saying, what a what a what a terrible Achilles heel that if you get hit with dragon glass, your entire superpowers erupt in one second, but you can take a Drogon blast to the face for 45 seconds unhinged. I just this don't get my that. argument all along, though, Gavin, is that if if all it takes is Dragon Glass or Valerian Steel to, to beat the Night King, like, get him in hand-to-hand combat with a guy who can handle a sword, and he's done. And that's what we did. And so, so if branded anything, it was to lurk so long <laughs> that the Night King forgot about Dre, a.k.a. Arya. And he got one. Of, he got he one of the guys. Some jam when he was walking to the gates of Winterfell, though. The Night King, yeah. What was that? Yeah, the Night King started actually moving a little fast. Ruddle was saying that he started actually walking with uh, with a little bit of speed. A brisk pace. By him. Usually he's such he's at a snail's pace, and he started like go, going with some purpose when he when he was going into to see Bran. Yeah, well, I think he knew that John. I mean. Yeah. It's too bad he heard Jon Snow creeping and he raised the dead for like the third the third time because um, I think John I think John had the move I think John was going to get him in swordplay he's clearly not great in swordplay he hasn't had to be yeah. for a long time again and that's javelin guy it's easier said than done to uh, to go kill the, the the Night's King with a little Valerian Steeler or Dragon Glass because he's always surrounded by a thousand dead people. And at any point, he can just raise other dead people right around him because there's always he's always surrounded by dead people, either recent or long. Yeah, long absolutely. Dead. All right, so let's see who. This is a very tough question, and, and we might have to get into everybody. But who had the best hero's death of the episode? I mean, Melisandre, the Red Woman, came out of nowhere by herself. She's disqualified from this for yeah. burning Sharif. Okay, totally fair. 
<laughs> I don't know why. I don't know exactly what rule that is that, that I'm appealing towards, but uh, I, I don't. She she was a great help. It was kind of weird how she came out of nowhere. She's been gone for a season and a half, but I, I don't care. I was happy to see her because she brought yeah. something to the table. When she went, I was happy to see her go too. No yeah. love lost for her. And she also kind of she 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 she, she reminded Aria of whatever she needed to remind Aria of. Yeah, no, that that's the thing. Like, she, it wasn't just <laughs> like when we can get to this. It, it was really cool when she lit all the Dothaki swords to absolutely no effect. Um, that was cool. Uh, uh, it was a visual effect, but it had no, no impact. I definitely all. wanted to talk about that. that I, yeah, that, me too. That yeah. was the tactical blunder that I didn't like because because I know the flames are very helpful um, with the dead people and stuff. But wouldn't it have been better right. to just give them Valyrian? Sorry, not Valyrian steel, but um, dragon glass dragon sickle glass. things instead, and then the, maybe the dead wouldn't see them coming with all their fireflies going off. It was uh, a really cool Kevin, visual. They're called Arox, please, I mean, as we know from Fortune Fire. Yeah, if you watch Fortune Fire on the History Channel, it's an Arox that the Dothraki wield. Well, uh, but why why they didn't have dragon glass Arox uh, is is a question. I also feel like they went a little early. Um, Ghost again. <laughs> Ghost inexplicably ran off with that group. Didn't come back. Um, somehow Jorah Mormont came back, and somehow he got yes. stabbed a hundred times and didn't die till the very, 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 very end. I think he probably had the best hero's death. He definitely pulled Danny uh, from out of, from off the dragon and into relative safety. How about Danny got dismounted tonight, and the dragon almost got over overtaken by zombies. Didn't see either of those two things being a possibility. Uh, I can't I, believe they both made it out alive. I thought that dragon was a goner, first of all. <laughs> Me too. Um, but I, and and uh, Dan Ruddle pointed out that the scenes from the next episode, you know, there's two there's two dragons next week, so yeah. that's great to see. Um, yeah, I thought Rhaegal was like... I, didn't some dragon get bitten in the neck? I think actually Viserion got bitten in the neck, which is why he was like... Spraying, spraying fluid a little bit when he was trying to blow the, blow the yard up. There was blue flame. Yeah, when they were like entangled in midair, Drogon had him by the neck by, you know, with his mouth. Yeah, but, yeah. And either way... Know, I, I would, I'd like to address your question about who had the best hero's death, though. Yes, please. I, I said it wasn't uh, uh, the Red Witch. What's her name? Melisandre. Melisandre. Um, I think... Theon was great. I think the conclusion that, that was a nice putting a nice button on his story. I think it was fantastic, and I'm I'm happy. He had a little tear. You're a good man. Like he felt okay. Full circle. Uh, Jorah also great. Did kind of died exactly how we thought he would. Protecting Danny against yep. her insurmountable odds. Um, Beric and Darian. His death was great, in my opinion. Just because it was fantastic, but it was also really revelatory in that you're like, oh, snap. He got brought back 19 times just to save Arya. That's interesting. Um, but my pick would be Lady Mormont. That was yes. the one. Another one where I kind of like, because when he picked up a 12-year-old girl, the giant, the dead giant, and started squeezing her bones and you heard it, that was a tough, that was jarring. tough to hear. It was jarring. Though. Thank you. Yeah. It was tough to hear. Yeah, as two, then, as two fathers of daughters, that must have been breaking your heart a little bit. Yes. Yeah, it was It was kind of gnarly. All I did, Gavin, all I could do is just picture my four-year-old daughter being picked up 
by a giant zombie and being squished right in front of my face. And, you know, it's the it real was, fears we live with in yeah, Philadelphia. I mean, it's not the first time I've thought of that. So, But it then was, it's like if your daughter had a dagger hidden up her sleeve and just poked him in the eye with it, resulting yeah. in his imminent death. That was the first, like, almost jump out of your seat fist pump moment yeah. of the night is when Lady Mormont stabbed that giant in the eye and he collapsed. Yeah, because I actually didn't see that one coming either. I was kind of like... Yeah. yeah, good work. That was like the first, uh, I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the big wins we had in the first 45 minutes of that episode. Absolutely. Was the only win they had. It was Dallas. Hey, can I, can I give you guys another, another tactical thing I noticed in terms of uh, combat rules yes. against the Night yeah, King and a blizzard? All right, we all know that John needs a saddle for his dragon. He fell off tonight, approved it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. more importantly, if you're going to fly against the Night King, you might want to bring some ski goggles because it's going to get windy and snowy. And it's really yeah. tough to hold on with no saddle to a dragon in a snowstorm when you can't see. Just saying. It was poor planning. <laughs> poor Watching planning. them muddle through the snowstorm for the first 40 minutes of the battle, the two, dra- the two good dragons, watching them muddle through, bump into each other, not do anything productive except in the very beginning. In the very beginning, they were they were shooting some fire. That was nice. Yep. And then they decided they had it under control, and they left. And they did not have it under control. And that is they did not. what I've no. noticed about when the dragons are against the White Walkers. They, they, they tend to uh, take a little bit for granted, the White Walkers, and then they get surprised. But the good news is, as far as we know, there's no more White Walkers. No, no more White Walkers. Guys, this for fucking yeah, ten, I mean, that's, for ten years we're talking what, about White Walkers. <laughs> that's kind of what I said to Dan and Dara at the end of the episode. It was like, so yeah, awesome ending. This was great, but what are we doing for three more episodes? Well, listen, we all hate Cersei. We can get we can get yeah, our, we, we can get ready to get mad at Cersei for the next three weeks. Um, yeah, I agree, though. I, it's going to be a trouble. I'm not convinced we've seen the last of the White Walkers. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, is that a hot take? It's a it's a, it's, a, oh. it's a lukewarm take. I don't know. I'm, I don't, still don't know. What feels pretty scorching hot to me. No one's saying that. I like it. You heard it here first. Wine Wall and Dragons. Dan Ruddle. Episode three. We have not seen the last of the White Walkers. By, by the way, we may we may get another long winter. You never know. Um, all right. So, yeah, you guys are right, though. Bran, no superpower, yet somehow keeps coming out on top. He sucks. We also know that Bran is not the Night King. We learned that tonight. That's a good thing to know. He's not the king of anything. He's the, the king of, of taking blonde of helplessness. Takes a big snooze and, and lurks and peeps. That's all he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't come to his defense on any of that. Hey, speaking of coming to the defense, you know, who, sure. you know who I thought were all gonna die, and then I was gonna give them the heroes, the heroes ending of the night. I still want to give them uh, first half player of the game uh, for their collective defensive sacrifice. The unsullied, many of whom did die. Uh, oh. They were very, very selfless in defending, uh, defending the gate from the retreat. Yeah, exactly. And so Grey Worm, I thought was a goner, and he made it out alive. Because honestly, yeah, I mean Grey Worm made it out alive. Jamie, we think Brienne, we think Podrick, you know, Varys, and all the everybody in the crypts basically made it. Who was who had a name? Um, Some people met a very unfortunate end in the crypt, though. They did. I am, glad you know, that, I am glad that I didn't have to deal with Ned Stark's corpse coming after, like, his own kids. That would have been weird. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it was. We didn't. We don't know exactly whose corpse that was. I feel like they would have given us... They would have given us to Jeffrey Bean. Was that his name? Jeffrey Bean? What's his name in real Jeffrey life? Jeffrey Bean, yeah. No, Sean Bean. Sean Bean, yeah. Close enough. Thanks for supporting me, Dan Reynolds. 
in my wrong in my wrongitude. Um, so the, the double-edged sword that Arya had, by the way, murderous weapon is predicted. Um, what did you guys think of the scene with Arya in, in the Winterfell library? And what were those dead people looking for in the Dewey Decimal System so frivolously? I had the exact same question. And I asked the question of why is she going in there in the first place? If you know the dead are in there, what are you going in there for? I think she just wanted a minute and didn't realize there was going to be so many dead in there. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the other side of the coin here is that she was, you know, the, the scene previous when we saw her, she was hanging off the side of a roof and was being chased by dead people. So I think like she just ran into the first, you know, any port in the storm, you know what I'm saying? So she walked, she walked into that room, closed the door behind her and didn't know what she was walking into. Um, I disagree. I think she heard noises in there, and she walked in. She she knew something was afoot in that room. Am I, am I wrong? Didn't didn't she listen first to what was going on in the room, and didn't she hear noises coming from yeah, there? I, I, she I, she, I she went in there, and it was dead silent when she first went in, and that was the thing. And that which was weird to me because you're in the middle of a gigantic battle with thousands of dead and and living people fighting against each other. So you think there'd be some noise? You're right. I did ask that question. How did she find such a quiet place? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that hallway was kind of quiet for for a lot of the show. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you saw one person shuffle, and then it was like a dozen people shuffle, and so yeah, she, I think she just act, she just ran in there trying to get away from whatever she was the previous place she was in, which was a no, no great place. Um, I loved, and I'll, I'll say that every storyline that was people driven, that was character driven, that was you know Sandor Clegane, the Hound, is going to save Arya and like go overcoming his fear of fire. Yeah. Eric Dendarian saving them and, you know, Grey Worm lighting the torch and closing the bridge on his own oh. unsullied, which was tough, you tough, know? Tough look. A real sober choice bit, for Grey Worm. I, all of those were super compelling and fantastic, but every time it turned to a dragon fight up in the air, I was sort of like, eh, okay. Um, and then the other thing is, every time I went to the... Outside of Theon, any scene with Bran in the Werewood, in the, in the, with, or among the Werewood trees. Yes. Um, <laughs> in the Godswood, amongst the Werewoods, yes. The, in the Godswood, that's yeah. it. Uh, yeah, like, I, I just made, there was such a contrast between, like, these really compelling human stories and human battle stories going on, like, six, eight at a time, and then these other stories that are just so not on the same plane. And I mean that uh, as a, from a storytelling arc, uh, literally somewhere in the air. Um, Correct. They were taking place above the earth. Yes. Yeah. It just felt it, there was such a disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, and we come back to this every week, Dan, is that it's really tough to make humans look cool on fake dragons. And I think they yeah, were just like, tonight. yep, Dan said it tonight. I think they were Still like, let's do some snowstorm great. stuff and get them away from the castle so we don't have to like. You know, we gotta we gotta distract them on yeah. the we gotta distract from the fact that it doesn't look cool when they were at the dragons. <laughs> Ten years later and a billion dollars later, we just can't do it quite right. I actually saw some cool thing with her with um, Amelia Clark telling us how they do it and some like you know behind the show or whatever. And it's actually cooler to watch her on the on the mechanical bull, if you will, on the green screen. And like when you look at it like that, you're actually pretty impressed with the product. But the product at the end of the day is still never-ending story, 1984. It's been 35 years. We can't we do better? Can't we do better? 
We can't. Yeah, they should they should just show her on the mechanical bull then, because it sure doesn't look cool with her riding the dragon. Her or John or any. We are not in the technology yet where humans can look interesting and cool riding a dragon. Non CGI humans, because I, I will say the coolest dragon scene, aside from the absurdity of the fact that they let her sit on the ground for so effing long and get overrun, the family by a bunch of the army of the dead was the scene where. The, the the dragon got overrun by the army of the dead. And yeah, well, that looked pretty cool because it was all CGI. CGI. It's all CGI, right. They don't have a problem when it's all blend, CGI. They have a problem when it's... You can't blend a live actor and the CGI dragon. I think you're all CGI or you're all live action. Correct. I think that's what we've learned after 10 years and billions of dollars, which is okay. okay. It's a good lesson to learn with two episodes, Fair. three episodes left. Um, so... I don't know, guys. I mean, now we do have to deal with the fact that we've got to get ourselves pumped up to go back to, like, human on human, right? Yeah, the, 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 uh, this is the thing. And maybe to Dan Ruddle's point in that the, the night there, there might be some White Walkers still lingering or somehow that their power can still come back because nobody, I don't care, George R. R. Martin doesn't understand what's going on with the White Walkers and Bran and whose power and what power they have. It's still very confusing. So anything's on the table. Because isn't the rub with the White Walkers that the ones that, were they all turned by the Night King or is it? Yeah, every uh, single one of his lieutenants all blew up when he blew up. Right, okay. I wonder if there's like a rogue lieutenant that was out on some sort of like SEAL team recon mission. Yeah, I still think it's more of a psychic connection than like a peripheral connection because they they all fell like dominoes. I mean, you could be right. I mean, there's probably some double secret. I'm probably wrong. Like a a Bo Bergdahl White Walker who was, you know, who kind of went I mean, think about it. Uncle Uncle Benjen, he never was a true White Walker. He was always something else. I'll never understand what's going on with him, but I liked it. But it was great. And so so yeah. if we get White Walkers, good for us. And if we don't, who cares? But Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this. There's a couple of lingering, lingering things with, with what we got to do in King's Landing. So so now Theon's dead, but Yara, Yara Greyjoy said that she was going to take back the Iron Islands for Daenerys Targaryen. Are they ever going to close that loop? Yeah, because you're on Greyjoy at least looking at the previews from next week yep. he's such a big part of Cersei's uh, defenses and uh, you know that right. Yara Yara is his foil I think there's no more certain storyline in the in the series at the moment than that Yara will kill Euron at some point before the series ends fantastic because we need that we definitely need that yeah um alright so how are they how are they going to milk this thing for three more weeks if they took out the Night's King in one night? And I don't. Yeah, I, 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 that is the tough thing. I'm sure um, we're not the only people thinking that. Is that we just had a battle for the sake of humanity, that that all of life hung in the balance, and apparently we it looks like the good guys won, and so now we have three episodes to go beat. Now it's just like good versus evil humans, and like I mean, what's the worst that could happen is that Cersei wins, and oh, we have a really mean ruler in the world. How about that? Dies. That's kind of like, um, you know, like this. This like right now they're saying that the uh, the the Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors, Eastern Western Conference semis is the real finals because whoever wins that 
might win the NBA championship. It's kind of like it's kind of like the big the big fight was tonight, and because Cersei's coming out of like the AFC East, because I know you guys will like that, she might win the Super Bowl nice. even though she isn't the best team. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's something like that. It's something uh, like that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I'm not saying like listen, we, we do a, a podcast about the show. I've spent more time researching the show than I did in my entire four and a half years of college combined. Yes. Um, so I'm watching and I'm all in on these last three episodes. Oh yeah, believe me, Don't I'm not going to try to pour salt in the wounds of, yeah. you know, but poor, poor Jorah Mormont, but... Um, it, it, yeah, it does seem that like the, the largest question has been answered tonight. Right, and so now it's kind of like you get excited about how they know they're not saving the quote best for last, or at least not the ultimate... The battle for the ultimate, the ultimate prize of like being alive, is over. Right. So yeah, but I, I don't know. I would I would argue that the the dynamic between the North and the the Lannisters for the majority of the series has been really the crux of the entire thing. Yeah, the White Walkers have been this sort of yeah, that's fair. booming specter the whole time, but. They haven't played, you know, in in terms of the entire series, they have not played a gigantic role. It's all been the dynamic between the Starks and the Lannisters and the Lannisters and the Targaryens. And, you know, I I think that there's, if it's done correctly, I think that there will be some very, very satisfying culminations of storylines in in the weeks to come. Yes, fair. I guess my biggest my biggest bone to pick is that if these guys can beat the Night's King, they should be able to beat Cersei easy. But because she's been able to like no have three bye weeks and get a bunch of guys delivered and a bunch of stuff, it's like and they obviously you know the living up at Winterfell lost a lot of good people up there. So clearly their forces are weakened. But I think they do have two dragons. To your point earlier, I think good eyes, Dan. I think yeah. I saw two as well. So if she's got a two-dragon lead and she was able to, to win tonight on a one-dragon lead, let me ask you this. Do you think Daenerys Targaryen's performance tonight will win her the support of the North moving forward? I do not. Uh, I, absolutely not. What did, what, did she no, do? what did she do? What did she do to help? I think that's, that's going to be the point in the next two episodes when like we think now that everything's turning towards... We've been saying for years that Everybody's focusing on the Iron Throne, but that's not the main. That's not the main battle. The main battle right. is is life. Like yeah, we're all good. that other main battle has been settled. So now it's all the attention turns back to the Iron Throne. That's right. That's right in Danny's wheelhouse right now, where she's going to make some probably big errors. And what's her case going to be made to the to the to Winterfell or to anybody else, other than the fact that like. The bully pulpit, where like I have two dragons, but yeah, what did you do with them during that battle? Because we were all dying and fighting, and you were what wrestling up in the God knows yeah. what she was doing. Atmospheric wrestling with the night king. It'll yeah, really depend. That's fake band name of the week right there. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that was atmospheric yeah. wrestling. I like it. And then when they do a collab, it's with the night king. I like that too. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think it's really going to be dependent on how upon how Jon Snow. Spins it like if he's like, we wouldn't have made it out alive if it wasn't for Drogon ripping that dragon's neck. But right. re- but really, probably not. I don't know. That's why I was asking. I'm asking the same question because I don't actually have a take on it yet. I, the jury's out. I mean, because because Miss Sandra, uh, the Grey Worm's girlfriend, she would got little little snippy with with uh, with Sansa Stark. Yeah, she can kick rocks over that. 
No, but my, my, my point is, Sansa's clearly on team. The North should be an independent state. And Missandra's like, if it wasn't for Danny, you'd be dead. And now we have anecdotal proof that the presence of dragons played some small role. But to you guys' point, Danny didn't do diddly do. Uh, but, well, with, you know, no, Dan, but it, well, I mean, not to play, not be on Team Danny, but it's she was, she was more than dragon. She did bring the uh, the uh, the Unsullied and the Dothraki. Yeah. Which can we just talk about the that Dothraki scene in the uh, beginning? Uh, yeah, please. Can we point some out for the Dothraki right now? I thought that that first the, the first fifteen minutes of that episode. I thought was amazing filmmaking, like just building. We all, like we all, everybody coming in. We've been nervous all week. Like you, you Gavin, you had mentioned. I know via text we were talking, and, and we had the same experience where we've had conversations with absolute strangers this week Complete about strange. Game of Thrones. Yeah, so everybody's been on edge. We're we're going into this, and we are on pins and needles. And I, I have my one note that I can actually read. It says, "I've never been more nervous for anything." That's my first note. And <laughs> And I say that knowing that, you know, that's more than the, the birth of my children, uh, which, at least for the first one, you know, the outcome was in doubt for a little while. It was, it was a touch and go. Correct. Still, tonight, tonight was more stressful for me. It was, yeah. I'll say that. Um, and probably more stressful for Dara, too. I think so as well. Yeah. I think she would say that. Yeah. But the, the that oh, this scene where how they built the pressure even more and they kept it going, you see everybody getting ready and there's silence and you can't even see what they're up against. Yep. And then... They light all the Iraqs of the Dothraki, and you're like, okay, here we go. This is this might be something. And when they, the way they film that, and yeah. you don't even have to see a battle, they all just ride out, and you watch them get snuffed out. Like, it was, that was, that moved me. It was, un, it hurt. It hurt me. It was tough. Guys, I might stay up and watch the West Coast version of it. I mean, holy cow. It was so good. It was, and, like, I, I, and, we, that's the thing is maybe actually you know because nobody ever dies off camera in the show maybe Ghost will come back because Jorah came back from True. the whole yeah Jorah came back yeah that's a good point I don't, I'm not gonna say Ghost is dead yet you're right but, but we know that all the Nymeria are dead M.I.A. yeah the Nymeria you know kick rocks of Nymeria yeah. have fun living in the wilderness well, I think she uh, is <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. Um, yeah that's a good point I thought I thought, I thought the the way they did it was great. I did think there's a lot of silence in this episode. They used silence. Yeah, barely any talking that first 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, they used silence to their advantage. It was very good. A um, lot of yeah, man. So let me ask you guys this. So you had a lovely Dothraki-themed or uh, homage meal tonight. Is that, to be fair? Mm. Yes, yes. Where, where was it from? We, uh, I get the, the sponsor of the pod tonight is uh, Kaba Beach uh, at 42nd and Chestnut in West Philadelphia, a Pakistani restaurant where we got uh, a Dothraki themed, well, I don't know, I like to think of it, is a mutton, mutton karahi. It's a spicy lamb dish, uh, a Pakistani la- uh, lamb dish, and it was fantastic. We also had some beef kebabs and lamb kebabs to go along with it and a little naan. And some naan. Yeah, it was oh, a yeah. lovely meal. Can't be the naan. Yeah, yeah, to put a fire in our belly. Not just a, similar to what I'd imagine those Dothraki ate for their last meal before they ran into battle with their blazing swords and whatnot. Yeah, and this is this actually is a good point going back to, to Danny. Danny lost basically her best two armies tonight. Oh, oh, her only two armies, and, and 
Yeah, yeah, but she's still got two dragons. Well, does she have two? Because she has one, that's for sure. But John is the rider of the second one now. And, I, you know, whoever rides the dragon controls it. Typically, yeah. Sure. So no, he is still yeah. getting used to it. Actually, let me point this out, because I didn't put this in my notes because I was just too enthralled, but John and the Night's King... Their ability to ride dragons clearly not as as fluid as Danny Targaryen. Let's at least give her credit as a as a skilled dragon rider because cool. Night's She's King. She's been doing it for longer. And, and if they call for a dragon steeplechase, let me know. But when riding them in battle, we need somebody who's actually going to get into the fight. Yeah, of course. But my point, my my only point is. Not as easy as it looks to control a dragon. So even though John has got the Rhaegal connection now, Rhaegal left him high and dry <laughs> in the yeah. battle. Did? Yeah, he, but, like, he ran uh, away. He literally ran away. He's gone. Was it, wait, was it Rhaegal who had all the people on him? Or I thought was it was Danny? Drogon. No, no, no. Drogon had all the people on him when Danny landed it. But when Rhaegal John, was the one who like, crashed. Yeah, Rhaegal crashed and John crashed, and then Rhaegal kind of like scattered across the field trying to fly away and eventually flew away. And that's the thing. Like the least interesting part of this entire show is the dragons. The dragons at this scenes. point, which is amazing because it, it was the dragons. Like first it was the nudity, then it was the like the the just the, the conniving and backstabbing, and then it was the dragons. And, and now just the nudity. And now and now we're just back to conniving because we're over the nudity. Last week was just the the worst nudity we've ever seen. We saw like America's Little Sister. No, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. It wasn't terrible. I don't, yeah, never mind. I'm not even gonna get into it. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Moving on. Moving on. It's too late for me to even attempt to say anything. Um, but the swan dive the Night King took from like 600 feet up, and apparently oh, stuck yeah. the landing. Like they didn't even show us the landing, but that's BS too. Okay. I, I don't know. I the whole dragon fight. Every time they were fighting up there, was just like, okay, all right. To what end? Well, the good news is the dragons can get back to doing what they do best, which is burning CGI-made ships and people in King's Landing starting next week. Yeah, and you can oh, take yeah. you can take to the bank that Cersei is going to have giant crossbows for these these dragons because notice there's a giant crossbow in the opening. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Dragons, scorpion, as they call them. Yes. Yeah, remember they they talked about it when they were talking about the giant dragon skull down in the crypts of oh, I don't know whoever the red I don't know where it was. Yeah, but, yeah, it's 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 in the Red Keep, no question. Yeah, there, there's going to be some dragon deaths, and that's fine, but like. I guess at the end of this, at the end of the day, this episode really uh, kind of backed my theory up that maybe Arya is the big winner. Arya and Gendry. And where was Gendry? I think I keep mistaking Gendry for Pod in the battle scenes. No, sure. Pod was Pod was next to Jamie pretty much the whole time. So was Gendry? Gendry out was anywhere. Remember, Gendry was like shaking. Gendry Remember? was up the front lines at the very beginning of the show, right before Sam showed up. I don't know that we really saw him much again. We might have seen him one more time. I think the safe assumption is that he'll be alive next week. Yeah, yeah. Because again, to Dan's point, nobody dies off camera. Ex- yes. So I think next Especially week, especially not a main player, right? Next week we got a pretty solid roster of main players, and we just see where it goes. Um, super interesting stuff, though. Would you guys say? I, I think easily, in my mind, best battles, best battle of the entire series. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I, we just re- I, uh, I just rewatched Battle of the Bastards this week. Part of my language. I know it's a family. Well, it's literally it's literally the name of the, the episode, so it's okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. 
Uh, we I just watched uh, Battle of the Best the Bastards because uh, my wife Dara just started on, on episode one of last season, so she had never seen anything prior to season seven. So I showed her that just to prep for like, hey, get ready, this battle's gonna be crazy, um, and that was pretty amazing. Blackwater was pretty amazing, but I mean, I don't. The, there wasn't this battle tonight. It wasn't like a giant battle. Like Battle of the Bastards was a twenty-five minute straight battle. There were three long. acts of this battle. It yeah. was pretty, pretty well done. No, this battle had so many moments mm. to it, and yeah. culminating with Arya, where where I was just like, you are. If I was in a movie theater, I would have stood up and danced around in a circle and cheered. Right. Um, and it had you know five other moments like that. Yeah, it did. You know? what, what was what was the? I mean. Would you rate this outcome tonight as the most satisfactory single episode outcome uh, of the series, or is it too too soon to tell with with immediate reactions? My Rolodex of the whatever seventy episodes, I can't go through all of them exactly, but I will say this was tonight was the most positive outcome of this episode that I could have ever envisioned. I yeah. never thought that at the end of tonight's eighty two minutes that the Night King would be dead. No. Not even remotely. I agree with that. Um, especially because we were really ticking down to the end. I was kind of like, it's like when you're in a taxi cab and you have 25 bucks on you and you realize it's going to be a $30 trip and you're like, when am I going to jump out? When am I going to jump out? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so he's walking up to Bran and he's walking really slowly. And if they fade to black before they resolve whatever the hell he's going to do, I'm going to lose my crap. Yeah. I think the big challenge moving on is that you, you know you obviously have Cersei in that that battle, but the big challenge moving on is going to be first first fifteen minutes of next week's episode is taking assessment of who the heck is left. Knights of the Vale are gone. Yeah, right? <laughs> Unsullied are gone. The Dothraki are gone. Uh, every male in Winterfell. Everyone, you know, 89 percent of the males in Winterfell are gone. Yeah. You have a handful of like heroes that we followed from the beginning, yep. but like the bodies you need to, to mount an assault in a castle just aren't there right now. So you know what that does, though. Besides, obviously, having the aerial piece of the dragons, that plays into the- Tyrion's strengths. Excuse me. So Jorah Mormont last week, before it all went down, said to the Khaleesi, "Hey, keep Tyrion around. I know he's been bumbling everything lately, but." You know, law of averages, he'll be right, he'll be right again soon. She kept him around. Tyrion knows how to sneak into that place as good as anybody, okay? Ooh. I think Tyrion right. Lannister's going to have his moment, because he was definitely marginalized this week as, quote, not being able to do anything and not being able to make a difference. And I, I, we're, Like you guys just said, they're going to have a very small army to try to overtake King's Landing because all their people are dead. So... <laughs> Tyrion's going to be a factor, I think, that we didn't, you know, we maybe didn't see coming at the beginning of the episode. Agreed. Let's reassess who we've still got as ter- in terms of power players on the Lannister side. You've got <laughs> the Golden Company, the Golden Company, but I mean, they're they're, they're not they're not stalwarts of. They're twenty thousand strong. No elephants. They no elephants. Zero elephants. Not one elephant. Now. Not a single elephant. I mean, uh, other than other than other than Cersei and Euron Greyjoy, who do you have that's got any sort of cunning left there? Well, you got the uh, Kevin got blown up in the set, the mountain. No, you got my guy. Um, the, you know, crap. I have no recall. Yeah, the Meister. 
Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I'll be shocked if Cersei. I'll be shocked if Cersei's in charge at the end of this thing. No question about it. No, they have, they have walls and they have uh, they you know the land they have the Lannister guards, which are there's a lot of Lannister troops. True, though um, a lot of them died when Danny blew them all up during the uh, food train episode. So great point, great point. That was great. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> I'm I'm pumped, man. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm incredibly pumped that um, despite losing. <laughs> All the Dothraki and 99% of the Unsullied and all the guys from the Vale, the Knights from the Vale. Uh, the Night's King is dead, guys. Who knew? Who knew? And Arya is really set up to be, I don't know, maybe that was her big purpose and that's it. Maybe that, like that. this is her peak, perhaps. Yeah. Or, or maybe but, maybe maybe she's getting bigger bigger things. Maybe but, John and Danny... Uh, can't hash this out and they kind of cancel each other out and then Arya takes steps into the void. I mean, can your peak get better than killing the Night King? Killing the Night King. Well, here, I mean. well here's the thing. Here's the thing. Good, great question, Dan, and you were going exactly where I wanted to go, which is, number one, killing the Night's King, you basically never have to buy a drink in this town again. You know what no, I mean? Never. Like, you, you, you done did your job, okay? You're the Nick Foles of Westeros. Yeah, it's like you pitched a no-hitter in Game 6 of the World Series. If we can't win Game 7, that's on us, okay? But right. from a human level, and this show at the end of the day is about arcs of human, you know, of real people and real problems and real grudges, the number one person, the number one stunner on Arya's list has got to be... The only person on her list is Cersei Lannister. Cersei Lannister. So she she might she and even if she doesn't get to, I think Jamie or you know anyway, I think that's how she tops it. But you killed the Night's King. You're in the Hall of Fame. It's over. You, you can't top it. Now I, I have to say, in the last three episodes, I feel like we've really we're getting some clarity. And now, I, sadly, I feel like we're all coming to an end. That I get it. I see where you know, we can all see where it's going to culminate. Sure. Um, I'd like to pose a question to you and Dan Ruddle is that where, who, what character at this point would you be the, the saddest to lose? Mm. After seeing all these people that we kind of assumed would, would might die in this episode, most of them came through. And seeing how we know this this might play out at the end of Down in King's Landing against Cersei, who would be the, wor- the saddest, the worst? Well, not Bran. <laughs> No, Brand. No, Brand can't die soon enough. I'm fine with it. I don't care if yeah. this world has a three-eyed raven or not. It doesn't yeah. matter to me because they haven't established why. Because the Night King's no longer, and we don't really give a damn if. Uh... Oh, damn! Well, here's the like... thing. Here's the thing. I would say it'd be sad to see someone like Arya go, but again, she just killed the Night's King. So if that was her purpose in life, yeah, I can't be sad about it. I'll just be happy that she saved humanity. Like. You know, don't don't cry that it's over. Be be happy, happy it happened. Uh, I don't know. I think Tormund's still because I think Tormund's still alive. I can't yeah, believe he's I know. Still, you know what? And if he's lived to this point, I feel like he's not going to die. I think I turned to Dan and Dara like three different times during the episode when someone was like a silhouette was killed, <laughs> and it was like, "Oh, was that Tormund?" Yes, yeah, there was a Tor- beard. Tormund is America's sweetheart. Here's my answer, actually. Um, I want the Hound to have his justice against the mountain. And if he doesn't get his justice, I'll feel bad about that. I think it's going to be a Pyrrhic victory in that he might eventually kill the mountain somehow, even though the mountain's already kind of dead. Yeah. But they're both going down. They're both going to take each other down. That's okay, as long as he gets his justice. And I'm, yeah, and I'm okay with that as well. How about Davos? 
Oh, oh yeah, that's a heartbreaker. Sure. Ooh, yeah. If Davos dies, I I might legitimately cry real hard. Dan's calling out of work in that. If Davos dies. <laughs> yeah, just take a holiday that next day. Dan Ruddle, who do you got? How about how about Sam Tarley? Sure. Sam I don't think Tarly he's gonna was, die. Sam Tarley was scared, and he stepped to the front of the line and he kicked some. Did he though? I know he stepped to the front oh, line. Please, he spent the entire. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he did the right thing, but, but I don't I don't know that his kill count was very high tonight. Uh, He's an honorable man. He's more honorable than any of us. Don't get me wrong. He was on his back like a turtle the entire episode, crying. He was more honorable than Tyrion. Tyrion hid behind a tomb with with Sansa the whole episode. Tyrion's three feet tall. He's Sam also is, yeah. He's also was well, anyway. I, Sam's yeah. three feet thick. Anyway, so Sam Sam Tarley would be sad, and uh, really thought I knocked it out of the park with that. Thing, <laughs> you guys are really crapping on me. <laughs> no, Sam would be sad, and I, I think I think you're right. Uh, Davos Davos has probably done the least to offend anybody in this show. You know, he's always kind of done the right thing. He he and Brienne are like the North Stars as far as the conscience goes. <laughs> yeah, no question. I have no problem. Honestly, though, after tonight, I feel like that, that the world doesn't just plunge into darkness under the Night's King. I don't know how I feel yet about who lives and who dies, because I thought they were all going to die. You feel a little lighter, a little lighter now, because, yeah, like, the worst that can happen is like, okay, Brienne died, but, like, oh, she really helped save the yeah. world, and that's kind of a big deal. So, yeah, not a single person that I pontificated was going to die tonight. Died tonight. No, Jorah, well, well, Barrett, yeah, Jorah. Jorah. Okay, but so nobody, yeah. nobody, saved several people that I <laughs> pretty good rope of dope though to keep those people alive for sure. Um, I, th- I thought Brienne and Grey Worm and Jamie were all nobody no. big died. Nobody, nobody, no major character died, and that's interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would consider Jorah a major character. Yeah, yeah but, but he's, just, he's he served his purpose. I mean, again, like now we're splitting hairs. They've all kind well, of. Well, as you guys discussed last week, his story arc was complete. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, he was basically put, putting dirt on himself last weekend. Yeah, for sure. But Brienne was too. Yeah. Okay. It's okay though. They had to make us all think they were all going to die. All right, boys, let's leave it there because it's eleven thirty. Um, but no, what? one more hour, one more hour, guys. Uh, we can go. Keep so it going. One, what, what an episode! We only got three left. Wine Wall and Dragons, everybody. Episode three. Spoiler alert: Arya kills the Night's King. Boom. Woo! With Peter Baelish's dagger, which also I think appeared in the first episode. Like, how about Wait, no, that? Yeah, that's the da- that's the dagger that they framed. Uh, what's his name with in the first? I don't know. It's been a long time. It's a long day. Uh, yeah, somebody tried to kill up. Bran with that knife back in the day. Yeah, didn't work yeah, out I so guess. well. Sure. What? Well, the, well, you see, Dan, the three-eyed raven. Let me get into it. Right. Oh, so we guys want to go another hour? Perfect. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thanks for being on tonight. Good talking to you both. I will talk to you throughout the week. And Dan O'Brien, at the very least, we'll be back for week four of Wine Wall and Dragons. Um, but we'll you guys, th- thanks for being on and enjoy the. Uh, Enjoy the, the, the after effects of your Dothraki meal. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna kill the rest of this Cabo Beach before the night's out. Good for you guys. Talk to you soon, fellas. All right, take care again. Thank, Thank you again. See ya.